0: Senior pastor. He is actually out today. He's in Oklahoma, um, where I hear that they're getting lots and lots of rain. I heard up to six inches last night. So um, they're they're struggling down there, but they're going to be headed back up. So don't worry. This is the end of my series, and Pastor Charlie will be back next week for Father's Day. So um, but I'm I'm excited to be in front of you. I want to thank Pastor Charlie for allowing me to share this morning. Um, I'm also excited to see the youth back from Oklahoma City, right? You know, when, when they were leaving, I was like, you know, with my daughter, I was like, good riddance, I'm okay with this, this is great. But I found that I missed her, and so I'm glad that she's back, as well as the other youth. And hopefully um, their hearts were changed and their lives were changed while they were there. Um, I want to make sure I say a th- special thank you to our pastors, Caleb and Teresa, as well as Tim, um, who took the youth down there. And that's not an easy job when you have 20 youth. Um, and you're trying to keep everything in order and making sure everybody's healthy and and at the same time making sure that they're getting all that they can out of youth camps. So I want to make sure we give a hand to them because that is a lot of work. And surprisingly, they still speak full sentences, and they seem to be okay mentally, so we're all right there. So, <laughs> at least most of the time. Well, every once in a while, it may skip. So, uh, today, though, we are going to finish up. By, I started a small little series last week called Summertime. As we're moving into summer, I thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to to discuss something on the fact of we're halfway through the year. And so, as I mentioned, you know, most of us in January, they, we created, you know, New Year's resolutions or whatever you want to call them. And by, the, by now, most of the time, we've, we've stopped doing that, right? Said, oh, we're going to exercise seven times a week for an hour a day. And most of the time, that doesn't continue, as you can see. Um, I tried that. It doesn't work for me. So, uh, but my goal is, is, is that now that we're halfway through the year, or approximately halfway through the year, that we finish the year strong. And I want us to enjoy the summertime because we don't get a lot of it. So last week, we kind of talked about joy. um, And as we moved into the summertime, I thought um, it'd be fun to discuss those things And as we're ramping up for the end of the year and not winding down. Um, But last week, we discussed joy. And number one was joy comes from knowing God has a plan for my life. Knowing that God has a plan for your life will help you to have joy because you know that you know what? He's in charge, which... Brought up to point number two is joy comes from knowing that God's going to work it all out, which I love that thought because so many times we're going through so many struggles and we're wondering to ourselves, it, what, what's the next thing? And so it's one of those things we have to keep in the back of our heads is, is that, you know what, God's going to work it out, no matter what, he's already working it out in the background. Number three was is that we must choose joy. Joy doesn't, joy doesn't come find you. You have to choose joy. It's an actual choice for us. And then we talked about how we can practically put it into our lives. And that was to look beyond what happened. Don't wallow in in this situation, but look beyond what happened. Number two, choose to find new opportunities. And I love that with Paul. Paul took the opportunity while he was in the jail, waiting to be executed, chained to a a Roman guard. He's like, you know what, I'm going to make the best out of this. I'm going to make sure that I share with the Roman guard next to me and everybody else that's in prison with me. And said so that the whole palace guard knew that he was a believer, that he believed in Christ. And then he said, he said, you know, because I'm in here, it's actually serving the people out there. Not always the mentality that we want to have, is it? But it's something that's really good. And number three is, is we have to choose to really focus on what matters. And that was the, the big one is that so many times we find ourselves worrying about the things that are on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or the small things that are happening in our lives. And really what we need to do is refocus our mindset, and remember of where we're supposed to be going, what God really has called us to, and to focus on what really matters. So now, um, who here wants to have a baggage-free summer? Right? Baggage-free summer. Who here wants to have a summer full of peace and rest? You guys aren't very loud this morning. I'm going to remind you guys at the end of service that you guys said yes to those things. Because you, you may not want to hear kind of what I'm sharing on this this morning. Um, so uh, this morning we're actually going to talk about forgiveness so you can enjoy your summer. The truth is, is if we don't have forgiveness, we have we're in bondage. We find ourselves dragged down. We find ourselves where we can't move on. And I don't want that to be for your summer, Right. We want to enjoy our summer, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I know it's not the most popular message, um, but I really do want you to have a great baggage-free summer that gives you full of rest and peace. Our main scripture for the series was Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. It says, Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. And I kind of said it last week, is that repent is not meant to be a negative. It's not meant to be a negative here. It's actually meant to be a positive. Change your perspective and your direction. And that's what we talked about last week with joy. Is that we need to change our perspective and direction to the idea of joy. Is choosing joy. It's the same thing when it comes to forgiveness. We have to change our perspective and direction. And some of the reasons that we struggle with forgiveness is because, as I said last week, we try to be the king of our own kingdom. And what it says is, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You need to change your focus and your mindset to the right kingdom, not your kingdom. Like I said last week, I'm a horrible king of my own kingdom. Okay, that's why I need to look at him to be my king, that he's going to get me through these things. Okay, so we need to change our perspective towards his kingdom, God's kingdom, and not our own. Forgiveness is something we deal and struggle with every day. There's not a single person here who has not struggled with forgiveness. The problem is, is forgiveness isn't easy, is it? It may be easy to forgive somebody for eating your last piece of candy, unless you're me, (laughs) <laughs> and if you ate my chocolate, we're going to have issues. Okay? But it's easy to forgive things like that. But obviously we know that not everything is like that. We, we, let's be honest, forgiveness is not easy when we've been hurt by somebody, and specifically somebody that's been close to us. Right? That's not an easy thing. We've all been through issues in which case we struggle to forgive. The problem is, is when we don't forget, we're consumed by that issue, and we find ourselves in bondage. We find ourselves consumed by that issue. There's pain, there's hurt, sometimes bitterness during these times. So how do you get past the pain in all of this? It has to be a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. Just like I said last week, a choice has to be made no matter when it comes to joy or to forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't come to you you have to choose forgiveness. Like I said last week, some of you are probably saying, well, you don't know what happened to me or how bad they hurt me. And again, you're right. Just like you don't know the things that I've been through in my life. But the one thing I can tell you is that it, if, you don't have real, if you don't have real freedom from the pain, the hurt, and the bitterness, it's because you haven't had forgiveness. Sometimes I think we don't forgive right away to show the person kind of what's up. We were like, I'm going to, you know what, I'm not going to forgive you for a little bit. We do that with our spouses, right? We kind of walk into our own rooms. We, we play the silent game. We're like, well, I'm not going to say sorry first. I'll show, I'll show them what's up, you know? And I think sometimes that's the mindset that we get. I'm not going to forgive that person and, and see what they think about that. Well, the thing is, guys, is that most of the time it doesn't affect that person. Who does it affect? Us. The only person you're hurting is yourself. I want to begin with an emotion that I think will make this message even more meaningful. And I think all of us have probably said this at one time or another. This is, I don't care anymore. I used to care, but I just don't care anymore. And guess what? Just by saying that statement, you're saying you still do care. This is one of the biggest lies you can tell yourself. The reason it's a lie is because it's a remedy that doesn't work. You know why? Because you were created to care. God actually created you that way. He created you to care. You think to yourself, if I can remove myself from that person or that group of people, that is going to magically take the pain away. And as I'm sure most of you have learned, that doesn't work. And some of you this morning... It, it, it's something that's actually it is going to affect your future unless you start making a change. It's going to affect the future of where you're at. It's going to affect where God takes you. It's going to affect the, even your kids if you don't get past that forgiveness. Some of you may be in the situation of, well, maybe a family issue and things like that, and you, we hold things on for so long, you don't understand that really what it's doing is hurting you right now and it's hurting your kids. Some of us have to get past that mindset. If it makes you feel any better, I've done this, I, and I still do this. So I'm, I'm, I'm in it with you guys. And, you know, there's a certain group of people that I, you know, that I say, well, I just don't care. It's very challenging for me as I have to deal with heart issues, which most of us don't like to deal with. Some of you maybe have heard this from me one time or another, but I'm going to give you a, kind of a quick example of this. My sister was sexually abused by a family member for, for about two years. Somebody that we were very close to. This person admitted it to my dad and my mom and and that he had done this to our to my sister. And even though he admitted it to them, he had said that we were lying to everybody else in the family. Not only did I have to work on my heart to forgive that person, I had to work in my heart to forgive the rest of the family because we've become as, you know, the black sheep of the family that nobody talks to. My kids will never have the opportunity to to really know that side of the family. It's sad. And of course it hurts, and I've had multiple times where I just say I don't care. But the truth is, of course I care. It hurts. But I've learned over that time that that's not the solution to say I don't care. Dealing with a situation like that does not take the pain away. But I will tell you that God has a better solution for us. Here's going to be the challenge of this message. The way you need to deal with it is something you're going to immediately going to really push back on, I promise you. Sometimes when we hear God say, do something this way, our first response is, I don't think so. Because we think it's not that easy and there's too much pain involved. Something we have to rely on is faith when God tells us to do something, even if it is something we don't want to do you have to you have to apply faith into your life. I'm going to give you a list of progression that gets us to the place of I don't care anymore. Number one, every relational conflict, it starts with distance. It can be caused by neglect. Relationships don't maintain themselves. So when there is neglect or distance, it creates conflict. If you don't do it literally, you do it internally, right? All of us have been there, right? You put the smile on, but realistically, internally... You're in, you're in conflict. Number two, this is the one that most of us deal with, is no one wants to hurt, so we build up what? Walls. We build up the walls inside of us. Some people think this is the solution, but it's not. The issue is, is when you wall out the bad people, guess what, you wall out the good people too. And sometimes we even wall out God. We get so protective of our emotions or our heart that nothing can get within the walls, not even God. Think about that for a moment. Number three, if you don't take care of it at that point, it gets to escalation, which means now the situation becomes bigger than the the situation was in the first place. Sometimes we've allowed the little things to become big or allowed what may be big to now become bigger than what the situation really was. Has anybody been in that situation? Come on, I know I'm not the only one, guys. Number four, If it reaches that point, it reaches hostility. Hostility is not the condition between you and the other person. It's the condition of your soul. It begins to infect what you believe and what you live. And even when you are not around that person, you have no peace or no joy. I know some of you are probably thinking, well, I already know this. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, 12 through 14, though. It says, remember, that means you have to remember something. He's already told you it, right? So remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and he's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Remember, which is, is the key word, because it is only said remember because it's a tendency to forget what God's done for us. You were separate or distant from Christ, and then you look at the situation, and, and it's like we think to ourselves, oh, we're, we'll just have an aha moment, but that's not the case. You were actually brought nearer because of what he did, not because of what you did. He initiated the reconciliation process, and he didn't do anything wrong. Not only did he initiate the process, but he took care of it completely on the cross, not because of something he did, but because of something you and I did. He goes on to say, he himself is our peace. That's what really forgiveness gives, is peace and rest. So when you grasp the reality of the way you have been treated by God, he himself becomes what you're asking for. He's what makes the pain and anger go away. He removes the barriers and the walls. So what are we supposed to do? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32. It says, get rid of all, let's say it together, bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgive you. He's saying, get rid of all these things. Get rid of all these things. And then what? Be kind and compassionate. It's not easy, guys. I understand that. It's not easy. It says, be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other, just as who forgave us? He did. The power is in just as. If you can grasp the reality of how you've been treated by God, when you grasp that, then you recognize the power to forgive others. I'm going to show you how to have peace in your heart regardless what the other person decides to do or not to do. And to be honest, some of you again may not like it. May push it aside, but remember, if there is no forgiveness, you are a slave to that issue and there is really no freedom. If you're going to be a person to forgive, you need to number 1 receive God's forgiveness. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking to yourself, "What's skip to number 2?" Right? Because this is it, we already know this. We're all believers. Reminds me of a short little story. A Sunday school teacher had just concluded her lesson. Wanted to make sure she had made her point. She said, can anyone tell me what you must do before you can obtain forgiveness of sin? There was a short pause, and then from the back of the little room, a little small boy spoke up and said, well, we have to sin. It's really the true statement, though, right? Some of you are, again, some of you are like, well, I understand this already, but not a lot of people truly receive actually God's true forgiveness. We pray for forgiveness, and and we're like, you know, I'm sorry. But here's the key. We continue to try to earn God's forgiveness. That's the problem, guys. We continue to try to earn God's forgiveness. We think like God is keeping the score, and if he was, we'd all be in trouble, wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. God knows what you did, he knows what you're going to do, and yet he still forgives you past, present, and future. It's been paid for by the blood of Jesus. He sets you free, and if you can receive his forgiveness, if you can actually receive his forgiveness and grasp that God's love for you, you can understand why he forgave you. What you need to remember is, if can put it up there, you'll never have to forgive anybody, and I've said this many times, you'll never have to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven you. I don't care how many times that person has come after you. I love where it says, well, should I forgive him seven times? And Jesus is like, no, you need to forgive him 70 times seven. It wasn't the idea of the number. The idea was is that, you know what? I'm going to continue to forgive and continue to forgive no matter how many times they've hurt me. But I can guarantee you, no matter how many times that person has hurt you, I can guarantee you, God's had to forgive way more inside you than you'll ever have to forgive that other person. What you're facing does not match to the love and grace he's shown you. When you really understand this, it changes how we look at forgiveness. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13-15, through 15 says, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. This was written by Paul. He actually helped assassinate Christians in the early church, but the grace was poured out on him abundantly, along with faith and love. What he was saying is even while he was out killing Christians, God still had faith in him, that God, God said, He can still do something for me. Think about that, guys. God continually uses people in the Bible with some of the worst history possible to prove how extraordinary love he has for you and me. How dare we hold things against people when we realize the enormity of what he has done in our life? God continues and continues to use sinners. He used Paul, a man who killed Christians. He used David, an adulterer, a a murderer himself. He used uh, Moses who, who murdered. He used he, every single time. And, but what's what amazing about it is, is it's not because those people were amazing. It showed how extraordinary God was to use people like that to, to fulfill his work. His forgiveness is what brought them to where, he, where they were. He goes on to say, he came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. What he did for me to forgive me for all I've done and will do And he doesn't stop there, he says, Not only do I forgive you, I can use these great things that you've been through in your life to make a change in others. In Isaiah one eighteen says, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. All you have to do is obey me, he says. The reason some of, you are, uh, of us are having trouble forgiving is because we've never truly grasped the actual forgiveness of God. If you live your life trying to earn the forgiveness from God, you will make people in your life try to earn forgiveness from you. Let me say that again. If you live your life trying to earn the forgiveness from God, you will make people in your life try to earn forgiveness from you. You can't do step number two until you do step number one, but number two is... Freely give what you have received. Now you can freely give it because step one has given you the capacity and the power to freely give it. This is usually the missing ingredient. Because the reason I forgive is, is because now I can do the same thing God did for me to people that offended me. Matthew ten eight, it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you shall give. I didn't make you earn it. Stop trying to make others earn it from you. Here's the phrase that goes with this step. The forgiven forgive. To me, that's a powerful thought, guys. The forgiven forgive. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, For Christ's love compels us. It compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all. And therefore, all died. And he died for all and that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Some of us need to hear that part this morning. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become, what, the righteousness of God. God's love, it motivates us. It compels us. Says he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What do you think that is? It's forgiveness, and he committed to us the message of reconciliation. Forgiveness is not something you just say with your lips; it's actually reflected in how you treat the person from there on out. You can't control them, but let me give you something that takes no participation from them. You can take the offenses that they did to you and forgive them, just like Jesus did for you. We are his ambassadors. We do that by showing what God did for us through our actions and what we say. Number three, this is the tough one for most of us, especially spouses, is go first. Jesus didn't wait to see if you were going to play ball. He didn't wait for you. He didn't say, well, you know what? Let me check to see if Isaac's going to actually listen to me this week. Let me see if, you know what, he's going he's to treat people good. Let's see if he's going to take care of this or well, he's going to follow everything that I say in my word. Jesus didn't wait for that. He didn't wait to go on the cross wondering what I was going to do. Now in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says this. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. I can't earn that. He gave it. My phrase for this point is is first to forgive is the happiest. I can guarantee this. I can promise it. Because you're no longer held in bondage and held to the issue, you are in freedom because you forgave. Matthew 5, 9, I love this scripture. It says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. It's called us to be peacemakers. You know what blessed in the Greek? It's uh, makarios, which means happy. Not happy like laughing happy, but that regardless of the circumstances, I can't describe to you that everything is okay. So it's not in the sense of, Happiness is in laughing, but it's saying, you know what, even though the situation I'm going through, even though the way people have treated me, everything is okay. God can make you blessed, happy, content internally. That is contradictory to, uh, to what's going on externally, and we can still say, you know what, I'm still okay. How? Because blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. James chapter three verse seventeen through eighteen says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and insincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Wisdom from heaven which is contrary to the wisdom of the world. Peacemakers sow peace which raises a harvest. You are blessed if you just forgive. Again, I know some of you are saying, yeah, you don't know my story. You're probably saying my situation is different. But the love of Christ leaves us no option. If we had said that to Jesus, you know, where he said, well, you don't know what I've been through. If Jesus had said that, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've gone through since I've been here on this earth, so I'm not giving my life to you. If if he had said that to us, where would we have been? There is no option. He didn't leave an option because he put himself on that cross. The enormity of what he has done for us leaves us that no option. Here's the deal, I'm not asking you to feel it because a lot of time we don't feel like forgiving, do we? I understand that. But I'm not asking you to feel it, I'm just asking you to do it. Just do it. I know that it's hard but we need to follow what the word of God says, not our feelings. Because I'm telling you, I think on the other side of it, something that you have yet to experience to change your life is coming. It may not make that situation better, but I can guarantee this, it will make you better. Because now you're living in freedom and peace. My last phrase is this to finish this series as I asked Justin to come. Choices lead feelings follow you have to make the choice first and then feelings will follow that god is asking i put it this way jesus had to make a choice he's sitting in the garden he's praying there and he's 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 in this Point of knowing what's coming next. And as he's sitting in the garden, he says, you know what, Father, if there's just, if there's anything that I can do other than this, just let me know, but we'll let your will be done. And some of us need to get into our mindsets this morning that, you know what, he did an amazing thing in our life by forgiving us. And some of you need to accept that. And some of you need to say, you know what? Because of what he's done for me, I'm going to forgive others. And as I said earlier, some of you, I, can, I know some of you, because I've been in it, guys. Some of you are struggling to forgive, and it's affecting your life. It's affecting your life now, and it will continue to affect your life until you have true forgiveness. It's not a word. It's not saying, you know what? I forgive that person. It's nothing like that. It's the thing of, it's, it's a hard issue. It has to come from the hearts. You have to say, you know what? I understand that maybe they've hurt me, but you know what? It's okay. I'm gonna forgive you. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you something, and this is something that most of us don't like, is, is that, you know what? They, it may never affect that other person. They may never come to you and say, you know what, I'm sorry. They may never come to you and say, you know what, I know I did wrong. That may never happen. But I can guarantee you this, you will be stuck stuck in a life of bondage until you forgive them. It doesn't affect them, it affects you. It holds you to where you are. God has something great and mighty and powerful for you. But sometimes the things that's holding us back is because we can't forgive others. Don't shoot the messenger, but it says in the word, it says, you know what? If you can't forgive others, he can't forgive you. Think about that for a moment. If everybody would bow their heads, close their eyes. I want you to hear the choice this morning. I'm going to ask you to think to yourself, who's that one person? Who's that family member? Who's that friend? Who's the person you say, you know what? I just I don't I haven't cared anymore. I say I don't care anymore and you discover today that you actually do care. And actually discover that you know what? I need to go first. I need to have forgiveness. I'm going to make the choice to forgive that person today. I want you to think of that person right now. And as you go throughout the rest of the day and as, long, as you go through the rest of this week, I just challenge you to think to yourself, you know what, I'm going to have forgiveness towards that person. No matter what happened, no matter what will happen, I'm just going to forgive that person. You have to acknowledge it. We need to go first and forgive. Now with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to ask if anybody here has not received maybe the first step we talked about this morning. It's the most important one. Nothing else can happen until you receive God's forgiveness. I want you to grasp that Jesus is waiting for you not to hold the things that you've done against you. He wants to wipe it all away right here, right now, this morning. If you're still carrying the weight of your sin or the shame and you're trying to find a way to pay for it, you don't have to. I'm going to ask you to make the choice this morning to give your life to him. He doesn't care what you did. He doesn't care how bad it was. He says, it is forgiven today. I'm wiping it away. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. If you've never given your life to Christ this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not, I'm not doing that. All I'm going to ask you to do is you do have to take a faith step. And all I'm going to ask you to do is to raise your hand and put it back down quickly. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? got something I thank you Lord that you forgave us. that you continue to forgive us knowing the things that we've done in our life and knowing the things we're going to do. I thank you Lord, that you loved us enough to, to put a, that you put yourself on that cross. that you took the stripes, your hands were nailed, your feet were nailed to that cross, you had a thorn thorns on your head. You took a spear in the side, all for us. Knowing yet that we were even sinners today, Lord, that you would continue to forgive us. And Lord, I pray over each and every single person here, Lord, this morning, I pray that they grasp, number one, your forgiveness for them. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would grasp that, you know what? We need to forgive others, just as you forgave us that we would grasp the enormity of all the things you've done in our lives, that we would want to show how great and how wonderful and how powerful that you are to others. That we're not gonna have things hold us down, that we're not gonna be held in bondage anymore, but that we are going to be free today. That we're gonna move forward with our lives, that we're going to be able to uh, reach the higher levels that you've called us to. That we're no longer gonna be dragged down by the fact of bondage but that we're going to see greater things happen in our lives. And I pray that for every single person here, Lord, this morning. I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hopefully you guys got the word this morning, I pray. And you guys are going to be really happy with me. I'm getting you out of here early this morning.